Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls with their winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome to the My Buff Show. It is great to have you all with us. Check out thebuffshow.com. And thank you to all the people following on the website. That's where a lot of people watch the show and sign up for the newsletter as well. AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando, Spotify, iTunes. And check out wherever you like to watch podcasts and social media too, including Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and Getter. And of course, streaming on Rumble tonight as well. So I tell you what, we've got a big, big show for you. Some awesome guests and everything, but let's start in Hawaii. Okay. Um, first of all, they say this was caused by power lines that were brought on by strong winds. Strong winds in Hawaii. I mean, that's typical, but no, it's climate change, says Kamala Harris. Biden can't even say Maui. He goes, it's the big island because we know the guy can't think. He reads a teleprompter. And the only thing he's ever confident in is little children and ice cream. To your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and daddy owes you. So talk to me afterwards. <laughs> daddy owes you, so talk to me afterwards. That's the, He says that with more confidence than when he's talking about the horrific Bidenomics disaster, when he's talking about his stupid climate change bills that are destroying the country. All everything he's doing with this infrastructure and all the stuff they claim is as good is causing interest rates to spike at 30-year highs, inflation at ridiculous highs, gas prices nearing $4 in even the most conservative kind of places. <clears throat> but no, he can talk very, very confidently about children and ice cream. Daddy owes you. See me after. I mean, will the pedophile in chief ever stop? Will the creep in chief ever stop? Will the completely moronic person in chief ever stop? And on the Matt Buff show, we never say president. We never say commander. He's not running the country. I even watched the old movie American President with Michael Douglas because even though it's completely crazy liberal, the movie, but even back then it wasn't crazy liberal like it is today. It actually seems pretty moderate <laughs> now, that, now that you think about it. But it was nice to see a president on TV that can talk and walk and make decisions. I know he was an actor, but it was still nice to see because we don't have one right now. It's nice to see Trump go out and do rallies. It's nice to see DeSantis explain what's going on. It's nice to see Vivek Ramaswamy explain and go in front of liberals and combat them because he can. I mean, Biden won't even go on CNN. And you know the White House press secretary, the propaganda minister, the one who sits there and just, uh, I have no answer for that. I have no answer for that. Nothing further to share on that. I refer you to this. I refer you to that. 
Have you ever seen Joe Biden behind that podium? We've seen Trump back there, back when he was doing uh, Fauci stuff and shutting down the country, of course. But we've seen Trump on that podium before, talking about the good things he did for America. We've seen all kinds of presidents, not just on TV, but presidents in real life, stand behind that podium in the White House press briefing room and talk to the American public. Biden can't do that because there's nowhere to put up the big giant teleprompters and he would have to face questions. He simply can't do that. Even when he's asked about Hawaii, of course, you remember when he said no comment while the fires were raging in Hawaii, he also said this today. Yeah, first of all, don't say Mr. President. Anybody who calls that guy president is uh, wrong. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden got 81 million votes is a moron. And he just sits there and gets angry at a question about Hawaii and says no comment and angrily walks away. And Kareem Jean-Pierre walks away with him. Completely walks away. That's what he does. He just walks away. No comment. No, I'll be there on Monday. He has nothing to say. Not You know, it really sucks what happened in Hawaii. Uh, Trump even put out a statement. It just really, it's really awful what happened to these people. The loss of life. We need prayers. We need support. But people on the ground in Hawaii are saying there's nobody here. Nobody here. The Hawaii leadership isn't much better. Okay, not much better. Thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> but when it comes to Hawaii, Joe Biden says. Uh, no comment or, I don't know, nothing. I'll see you Monday there. And you'll go there and read some prepared statements about how great we've done to come down there and rescue everybody. But nope, Hawaii burned and nobody had anything to say about it. So let's go to the Hawaiian officials then. All right. They had a press conference to talk about this. They blame climate change, but they have power lines in the ground that they all toppled and set fire to the the biggest island, as Joe Biden called it, it's the big one, Maui. They uh, they said these these power lines, these power the poles couldn't handle the high winds. They blame the winds. I mean, who put these things into the ground? Was it Kamala Harris? Maybe that chick dude chick thing from Home Health and Human Services. I mean, who put these in the ground where they can't handle high winds on an island in Hawaii? I mean that. They're surrounded by water. There's, there could be storms and high winds. And you're telling me that's the excuse for the power lines coming down? But somebody asked, uh, a reporter asked the, um, the chief person there who handles this garbage, well, what about, um, you know, the sirens? You could have used the sirens. You know, a sirens could have been a good warning system. Let's check it out together. And you won't believe the insane answer. Daddy owes you. Oh, no, that's Daddy Ice Cream. Sorry about that. Red not sounding the sirens. I, I do not. And the reason why... And So many people said they could have been... Well, he goes, I do not regret, regret sounding the sirens. No warnings, no nothing. Saved if they had time to escape. Had a siren gone off, they would <clears> have known that there was a crisis emerging. And as we know, so many bodies were found in the ground... Do you, want him, do you want him to give you the answer, or do, do you want him to? Well, then let him finish. The, let him finish his I'm answer. Sorry, there's a lot of people. Well, you're talking, and you're not letting him talk. I mean, is this just like what happens in at the White House? I mean, liberals are all the same. I can't even. I don't want to even hear your question because I want to give my BS answer. 
<laughs> if you want to talk, come up here. Oh, you know what? I'll come up there. We'll talk about the disastrous uh, response of no response from the federal government. We'll talk about how, why were these power, power uh, poles and lines not secure? I mean, why don't we talk about that? Let's talk about it. But no. I'm ready for the answer. Then wait. The sirens, as I had mentioned earlier, is used primarily for tsunamis. And that's the reason why many of them are found, almost all of them are found, on the coastline. So the sirens are primarily used for tsunamis. Primarily for tsunami, not warnings. Nothing at all to, to do with that. The public is trained to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sounded. In fact, on the website of the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, the following guideline is provided. If you are in a low-lying area near the coastline, evacuate to high grounds. So because the website says if you hear a siren, the public is trained to go to higher grounds because that means the tsunami is coming. <laughs> Inland or vertically to the fourth floor and higher of a concrete building. Alerts may also come in the form of a wireless emergency alert. Had we sounded the siren that night, we're afraid that people would have gone Malka. Gone Malka. And if that was the case, then they would have gone into the fire. <laughs> so he thinks the people are like the Pink Floyd kids on the conveyor belt, just falling into the meat grinder. If people would have heard the sirens, even though the whole island's on fire, that would have told them there's a tsunami coming and they should go to higher ground. So they would have aimlessly walked up to higher ground and walked right into the fire. He said that with a straight face. They would have walked into the fire like this. They walk like this into the fire. We got to get to higher ground. They could have used a tsunami. It would have put the fire out but we see the fire, but the website in Hawaii told us when you hear the sirens, you must seek higher ground and we must walk in to the fire. That's what we must do because we're all robotic sheep. Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris is the border czar. John Podesta says, Climate change is the biggest threat. So we'll walk right into this fire. This guy's joking, right? But no, he's not. And so that is the reason why our protocol has been to use WEA and EAS. By the way, I should also note that there are no sirens, Malka, or on the mountainside where the fire was spreading down. So even if we sounded the siren, it would not have saved those people on the, on the mountainside. Malka. Malka. <laughs> so it would not have saved anyone if you alerted the community that there's something wrong. And they use EAS, right? So if you were in your car, you might have heard it. Maybe on your phone, but the fire's coming down the mountain. And nobody could have uh, evacuated if they heard the sirens because if they hear the sirens, they think tsunami. They're trained to walk up the mountain into the fire because they're trained to seek higher ground. So he just said that if they heard the sirens in Hawaii, they're too stupid to realize that there's a fire coming down the mountain. They would have walked up at the mountain into the fire. He said they would have walked into the fire.
into the fire burning ring of fire down we go because the tsunami would have put out the fire but there's a big fire and we are trained as hawaiians to walk uphill if if we hear the sirens we don't know any better i know they think you're stupid this government and the government all over the country i mean the federal government thinks you're a moron and that windmills are good even though they're killing eagles and this is an inflation reduction act maybe we should have changed the name to the climate green new deal yeah you duped everybody because you think they're stupid and, and frankly there's a lot of stupid people out there even on the republican side there's a lot of morons why has joe biden not been impeached yet articles impeachment came out today more serious i mean we've got the biden crime family We've got the border, we've got Afghanistan, and we've got the uh, Petroleum Reserve. That's just a few of the big things that are going wrong in this country right now. So let me ask you this in Matt Buff show land. Why haven't they impeached Joe Biden yet? What are they waiting for? We've got receipts, bank records, the deuces on Fox News. Well, there's no evidence yet. Good Lord, man. Bank records receipts, phone calls, text messages. We got everything we need. Biden enriching himself through these business dealings. We've got everything we need. What are you waiting for? Get that man out of there. We can take Kamala Harris in the general, even if they try to steal it like they did in 2020. They, uh, <laughs> if, if they try to steal it, there won't be enough votes for Kamala no matter what they do. But they want to protect Joe Biden, the media, even Fox News. They want to protect this regime. They want to in, They want to lock up Trump. Trump said the fourth indictment will get him the nomination. We're going to be talking all about this in the next segment. All right. So stay with us on the Matt Buff Show. We got so much more to come. And Joe Biden, who owes you ice cream? You. Yeah. So talk to me afterwards. Yeah, you want to get with those kids and give them ice cream, you weirdo. That's the only confident thing he said. All right, we'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. I tell you what, lots more to come. Big, big time segments coming. Stay with us. Oh, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow. To bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, my pillow 2.0 has been a huge success, and now we're bringing you our best-selling Go Anywhere My Pillows with the same temperature-regulating technology, made with my patented adjustable fill and brand new cooling fabric. They're truly the next generation of my pillow. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two Go Anywhere MyPillows, regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now. Don't forget to use promo code BUFF at MyPillow.com. Check it out today. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. 
shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Map Off Show. It is great to have all of you with us. Now, Georgia indictment, right, continues America's criminalization of politics. Now, with each arrest, Trump is really becoming an immortal, says Christian Watson. And uh, we got to dive into all this. And also, one silver lining may be that the Georgia indictment actually can bring forth all the Georgia fraud that happened in evidence so people can actually see what happened. We're going to talk about all this with Christian Watson right now on the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you back, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here as always. Well, it's always great to have you with great insight. And I really want to dive into this because it's just quite remarkable what's happened with the indictments around the country. You got the Stormy Daniels one, which that's going nowhere. That's dead. Mm -hmm. You got the January 6th, but they're they're not caring about the the January 6th prisoners that are in a closet locked up right now to this day and probably going crazy. Then you got uh, Georgia. Heck, oh, yeah, the documents one. But, you know, Biden's fine on that one. Just Trump on the documents. And even on Fox News, they're saying, well, in all these counts, 97 of them, there's got to be something wrong, don't you think? They want us to go fishing with them. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, so the Georgia indictment is flawed on so many grounds. I'll just go through a few of them. Um, So the presumption of the Georgia indictment is really where the entire thing falls apart. And if your premise falls apart, your statement is no longer supported. This is how the laws of logic goes. If your premise does not lead to the conclusion, if it does not follow, the conclusion does not fall from the premise, then it means that your conclusion is not supported. So the premise is this. Trump lost the 2020 election, A. Premise B, Trump knows he lost the 2020 election. Then premise C, Trump knows he lost the 2020 election, but acted anyway in defiance of what he knew to overturn the results, and I'll even do premise D. Trump and his allies, many of whom were his lawyers or those in Trump world, know he lost 2020 election and act in defiance of the official process. Now, Trump does not believe he lost 2020 election, very simple. How can I say that with such such confidence? Because Donald Trump is someone, as the empirical record dictates, who is very confident, perhaps even overconfident, even quite arrogant, just being objective 
in his own abilities, which is why he's been able to be a successful real estate tycoon, which is why he's been able to generate so much wealth, because he had that kind of brash arrogance that you need to be a successful businessman and not allow the criticism of your of your surrounding to take you down. So if all those presumptions are incorrect, the case has no basis, but it gets even more absurd. The idea that presenting an alternative electors plan, which is perfectly legitimate on the Constitution, is a conspiracy, is nonsense. The idea that talking to the vice president Talking to committees about your suspicions about the official process is a conspiracy. It's also nonsense. You have the right to freedom of expression in this country. What Fannie Willis's indictment actually does is it criminalizes freedom of expression and it criminalizes political activism and legal argumentation that the official establishment does not like. That is what people need to take away from what happened a few days ago. Not just that corruption reigns, but that there is a full-throated assault on the first principles that constitute the moral foundations of our republic, which is why it's so, 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 so important to continue to push back against this kind of nonsense. Before I jump into the RICO stuff, based on what you just said and how you broke down this indictment, Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams, Sheila Jackson Lee, and a slew of other Democrats from 2016 should all be indicted based on what you just laid out. Yeah, absolutely, because all of them deny the official results of the election, um, which is, by the way, is your right. You have the right to do that. You have the right to do yeah. to express yourself in a peaceful manner, and you also have the right to undertake proper advocacy for that, and that's what Trump did. This idea that Trump was trying to overthrow the republic is interesting because it, it, it doesn't seem to follow from what actually happened. What happened is Trump sent his advocates into the media, the courts, and legislatures to advocate for his vision of what he wanted to happen which are the proper and legitimate means for political advocacy. He could have simply called up the CIA and the FBI or the national or the military and said, let's nationalize all polling centers around the country and shut them down. And he could have made it power that way. He could, he could have done that easily if he was going to overhaul the republic. He didn't do that. He used the proper legal mechanisms at his disposal to ensure things were up to snuff. And that was blocked several times, which just created more suspicion and a lack of confidence in the election that a lot of people in the MAGA world, myself included, have. Yes, um, I had Dinesh D'Souza on the show and talking about his film 2000 Mules, and he broke it mm -hmm. down. I mm -hmm. had Joe Hoft on the show from the Gateway Pundit mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. his books, The Steel, mm -hmm. and he broke it down. We mm -hmm. have evidence everywhere that there was foul play everywhere and it was mm -hmm. a mail-in ballot situation that was the mm -hmm. real problem here a lot mm -hmm. of states are trying to clean this up but if somebody points that out to somebody on the left now like i said i never said lock hillary up for said denying the election i just called her stupid because she had no evidence but in this mm -hmm. case in this case we actually have evidence and all we wanted to do was take a look at it but we didn't have time they always say the courts threw it out christian they say Courts looked at it and didn't throw it out. No, they didn't look at it. They said it didn't have standing, which means they didn't right. look at it. You exactly. don't have Precisely. time to put a case together in four months like that when there were yeah. so much rampant problems. Yes, exactly, exactly. All this argument that all these judges threw it out, it's just not it's not substantive whatsoever. It's an it's it's an argument which uses aesthetics to advance its uh to, to, to advance its uh, plausibility. In other words, it's a specious argument. So yeah, I, I don't take those kind of people seriously. 
I, I really don't. I have high standards for my political commentary. And if someone seriously says, well, 78 judges, X of whom were Trump appointed, actually threw out the cases, I immediately think either you are a tool, you are ignorant, or both. In either case, you have nothing to offer me. You have nothing to offer any thinking person. You need to get off my screen, get off my feed, get off my phone, because I, I don't want to hear it from you. That's how I am with my political commentary and what I take into my spirit. So, yeah. All right. So talk about you, you called it MAGA Rico. <laughs> I mean, I've had people on the show that are part of this uh, part of this um, um, Rico situation in Georgia. Um, it's just it's just quite remarkable. So they had two years. I mean, this is all based off a call uh, Trump made about find find the votes, which there's nothing illegal about that. But they've had two years, but she had to get her photo. She had to get her photos done. I'm talking about the DA in Georgia, the small little district doing a federal case, by the way, and recoing in 18 people that all had something to do with what she calls the conspiracy. What they're doing, Christian, is protecting their steel. When they're doing this, they're protecting their steel. And if you go against what they did and pulled off, then they're going to reco your ass in the court. Yeah, well, so, again, what I think is that Fannie Willis is an ideologue. Fannie Willis is someone who, in, in my personal opinion, uh, does not actually have a care in the world for the Constitution, does not actually have a care in the world for anything substantive. Fannie Willis is a progressive ideologue who believes that her legal decisions should be used to serve what she believes is the correct idea of how you're supposed to run a society as opposed to serving the Constitution, which she swore in oath to uphold. And what do I mean by this? Well, progressives have this idea called sociological jurisprudence. It's actually an idea that goes all the way back to the progressive era. And what this means is that, in very simple terms, the Constitution or the first principles of the Constitution don't really matter. What matters is the plight of different social groups, which progressives claim to care about. And so legal decisions should be undertaken on the basis of those different social groups. Now, this is the thinking that it has informed hundreds of years of progressive jurisprudence in America. This is the kind of thing we saw on display in the affirmative action case where Kanji Brown Jackson literally said that just because racism is prohibited in the constitution does not mean it's prohibited in life. Well, this is not an argument about life, it's not about the constitution, but to the progressive life, what happens in society is more important than the constitution. So Fannie Willis is under that same kind of ethic and when you can identify the source of where this comes from, beyond just the obvious, yes, yes, it's corrupt. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, that's obvious. But when you can really identify where this comes from, you can actually articulate the case from it much better than you could otherwise. Yes, you can. It just the whole thing, the Georgia one in particular, reminds me of what they did in Venezuela when they uh, fraudulently uh, took over the government there and then locked up even journalists who dared to question it. The Georgia case is more similar to that, and it's quite remarkable that we're talking about America here. I oh, mean, I agree. The, the grand jury, um, the one that, the, I mean, I guess they said she was the smartest juror, went on yeah. TV and made an ass of herself so bad that SNL even made fun of her. I mean, that yeah. was the smart one. That was the four, that's our four person. She's yeah. the one. And she's yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I can't wait to just. Remember that? 
Trump. <laughs> I remember that case. I remember that, I remember that case. Absolutely. I remember that, yeah, that, that girl. And, and, Absolutely. And, and, mm. and then it, we're taking two years to do this. It's almost fashionable if you're a leftist to pull a Venezuela right now. Where do we yeah, go absolutely. from here? Yeah, absolutely. No, well, I think where we go from here is we just, again, I call for a revolution of the mind. I call for a populace that is educated in sound thinking, critical thinking, understands philosophy, understands history. At the end of every video I make on my YouTube page, I always say a few things. Study philosophy, study history, and remain morally convicted at the end of every video. And I don't just mean read a few things. I mean actually invest your soul into understanding exactly what makes this republic tick. We don't have enough of that in America. And if we had enough of that in America, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be happening in the first place. We need to restore that, and that needs to be at the center of our minds going forward. So talk about the Pensive pod- Podcast, because what you said might say, well, people might say, okay, if I start there, I can understand that. And then I might not go crazy just by intaking all the stuff that's happening in our world right now, because it's easy right. to go to the gas station and just get completely pissed off right now. Yep. Yeah, sure. No, I, and I so get mad at the gas station, too. To our republic. Uh, but, 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 but it's all about context. It's about understanding that, yes, our generation has troubles. Our generation of Americans have troubles, but every other generation has troubles as well. And if we can learn from how they work through their troubles, we can also work through our troubles in a way that's probably productive as well. And so on my show, the Pensa Politics show or whatever, uh, whatever it's really, really called, because I call it, it's like, call, it's called Pensa Politics. It's called Christian Watson. It's interchangeable, really. So I, I don't really, but on the Pensa Politics show, we'll just say that for, for clarity. That's, I give people the intellectual tools that they need to not only articulate what's going on, but also articulate a vision of where they want America to go, but also articulate a vision of what is right and what is correct and what is proper and how to justify that. I really see my role as that of a modern day successor to someone like William F. Buckley or Barry Goldwater, two men who were very studious, very intelligent, whose goals were to give conservatives in America the tools to defend America from communism and to understand why they believe what they believe. That's my goal here in the 21st century in this new media era where there's so many voices that drown out each other. It's my goal to rise above that pack and give people substance as opposed to giving people more reasons to get angry or more reasons to get riled up. Let me throw an example at you, and I want to see how you'd handle this on your podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, from, from that point of view that yeah. I just want to throw this out to you because I just saw a woman, a young girl volleyball player that mm. got spiked in the face by a man. And everybody on Fox and everybody says biological male. No, it's just a man, okay? It's a guy. And a biological father makes sense, but a man is just a man, <laughs> no matter what he does. Right. So Dad, women yeah. are taking a beating and, and, and just taking a beating in sports. They're taking a beating in the pool, in the MMA ring, in the volleyball court. And I just want to get us to a place where we go back to maybe Title IX, which was a big fight back then about equal pay for women's uh, sporting in school and stuff. Hey, let's fund women's sports. All right. So now that we have women's sports, which that created the WNBA, that created the soccer team, that created all the kinds of things the Title IX did. So you can look at that and say that's a good thing for young girls that wanted to compete and go out there and compete. That's a great thing. But how do, where, where would you say as Christian Watson to say, I want to go to, back to a place where women don't beat up on girls on, in the sporting arena? 
<laughs> well, that's an interesting, interesting thought. Um, so, so here's what I think. I think that as it relates to the annihilation of womanhood, um, when it comes to the transgenderism ideology and things of that sort, that is all downstream of the sentiments of the second wave feminists. And I have to stress that because the first wave feminists were about securing equal rights for women. And they actually presumed that women were a biological category and that was it. Second wave feminists came along and said, well, actually, everything that you experience in your personal life with the patriarchy, with the male in the house, all of that has some relationship with politics. So they came up, they came out with this egregious lie called the personal is political, which made people unable to distinguish between those two realms, the private realm and the political realm, or as the classical liberal theorists of the 18th century would have said, between the public realm and the private realm. And when those two things come together, you're, you're, you oftentimes begin prescribing things that impact people's personal lives negatively in the name of making some broad societal change. So everything becomes a political problem to you when not everything actually is a political problem. Now you take that sentiment and you double it up with what Judith Butler said in the 1990s in her book, Gender Troubles. For people to know, Judith Butler is this contemporary philosopher who is actually one of the reasons we have so much gender confusion in our society uh, because she actually articulated the vision for this 30 years ago in the 90s. And in her book, Gender Trouble, she actually said that gender is performative. And what she meant by that is that when we say that we are a male or a female, we're actually saying that we fill certain roles in society that people that live before us fill. So to be a woman is to act a certain way. It's a performance. It's not a biological category. It's not rooted in sex and rooted in reality. It's rooted in social ideas. So from this idea, from Butler comes the idea that gender and sex is a social construct. Okay, so we go from Butler. So we combine the ideas of Butler and the ideas of the second wave feminist. And we can see how if everything is political, including the personal realm, and gender, which dominated the personal realm, is a social construct, that means gender is also political. So in order to fight back against the oppressive social construct, what do we do? Well, very simple. We identify how we want to identify. That's how it happens. And thus, women, womanhood, becomes imperiled by people who want to use their form of expression to deny basic reality. That's how I would address that problem, how I have addressed it in the past. It's, it's just remarkable. I, I was wanting to throw that question at you because I would knew I would get the best response than you'll ever see on any show on TV. And this is the kind of things you guys can see with Christian Watson on the Pensive Podcast and or the Christian, what was it, the other one? The Christian, Christian Watson, Christian Watson, Pensive Politics, both do the same thing. Yeah. They're interchangeable. <laughs> so, so where we go from there is what they're doing. Um, and by the way, and now we got to talk about race a little bit, right? Because sure. I, I yeah. watch I watch commercials, and in yeah. TV, diversity means no straight white males. That's what diversity means mm -hmm. in, yes. in TV mm -hmm. commercials. Yes. And I look at the commercials, yes. and I see that it's women, it's gay men, and it's yes. uh, and and it's uh, blacks and Latinos and other yes. you know other races like that. But just diversity means no white straight men. That's what it means in TV. And I look at the four indictments of Trump, and it looks like the TV commercials. 
it's all minorities and a gay white man named Jack Smith. <laughs> it's the same thing. So talk about the term diversity, because diversity used to mean a good thing. Diversity of mm -hmm. thought. You and me, two people of different backgrounds, different races sitting here having a discussion. This is a what I call a diverse segment, mm -hmm. but it's not forced. It's because mm -hmm. you're smarter than I'll ever be on these topics. And so I want your thoughts. You're too kind. You're too you're kind. Black Christian because you're, you're Christian Watson. You're That's the diversity of thought I'm talking about. So it's really just the straight white male that's been kicked out of here in, in media. Yeah. So diversity became conflated with skin color. Yeah. Not too long ago when equity became fashionable. So, so against the backdrop of the world before the civil rights era, uh, which was dominated by Jim Crow, against that backdrop, social activists have used the idea of social justice to say, okay, there are certain groups that have been oppressed in society and particular groups have been more oppressed than others. And based on certain characteristics, we can actually identify which ones have been more oppressed than others. Therefore, let's lift up certain groups to get them up to the, 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 the same level as other groups who were not as oppressed have been. This is why you see this so-called tension between straight white men and, and minorities. It's not an actual tension. It's a tension that's artificially created by social right. justice ideology. So when that happens, then diversity becomes a political euphemism for the erasure of white folks, I'm going to be very honest, from particular institutions in particular places. This is why, for example, at Arizona State University not long ago, there was uh, there were two white students sitting in the multicultural center. And they, the, there were two students that came up to them and said, why are you guys here? And they were angry that two white guys had the audacity to sit into a center funded by their student loan dollars. Because they're the dominant group and minorities are not the dominant group. And the dominant group has this sort of collective blame, collective guilt for everything that happens to the minorities. So diversity in that context becomes solely about the kind of identity represented in any particular given area. And equity then becomes about how that identity is treated. Is it treated in a manner that was, that, that is uh, better than how the majority group is treated? Then everything is good in that sense. If it's treated in a manner that's equal, the believer in equity will say, oh, equality just ignores the social realities of minorities. Therefore, equality is bad. It's not good. It's oppressive. That's literally the thinking behind this entire, this entire scheme. Real diversity is naturally occurring, as you mentioned, and it's found in almost every single context, even in contexts you wouldn't think that it's going to be found. No one will go to a church and expect a Christian church to have a diversity of Hindus and Muslims in it. That's just not a reasonable expectation. Having said that, within any given church, take like a typical Protestant church, a Baptist church, you might have an organist, you might have a pastor, you might have a deacon, might have ushers, might have a congregation, you might have all kind of people, might have a guitarist, might have choirs. There's a diversity of talents and skills, even under a context where you wouldn't think diversity 
would even exist under the current term because there's not a diversity of identity in the strictest sense, but there's a diversity of skills, there's a diversity of behavior, and a diversity of talents. And that kind of diversity is the best kind of diversity that anyone can ask for. Yes, indeed. And that's what we are doing here today because it started off with diversity of thought and it led to this discussion. It's not yes. because of equity. It's because of intelligence. And there's a mm. difference. And in that church situation, the other side of that, what they're trying to do, this explains why, last word to you on this subject, and I really appreciate you taking the extra time tonight because it's really remarkable when, when you break down everything that's happening in our world today. Um, this is why DAs are letting certain groups of people, of criminals, out early or out on no bail or back into the streets or putting laws in place to where you can't even punish a shoplifter. The reason they're doing that is the root cause of what you just said. It's because they were oppressed to begin with. So we have to lift them up, even if they're doing something wrong. So it just upends the society's rules. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a hundred percent true. And the society's rules and norms and standards be damned because what matters is the experiences, the lived truths, the sort of subjective truths, so to speak, of the groups that are supposedly being helped. There's so many things wrong with that statement that I just made, but it is the belief of millions of progressives in America. And it's a belief that needs to be challenged and challenged in a rigorous way by those of us who care about reason, truth, justice, and beauty. That's right. Christian Watson on the Matt Buff Show. How can people follow you, find you? Talk about the YouTube channel as well. You can find me on Twitter or X, these called these days, at Official C. Watson. You can also find me on uh, YouTube at Pensa Politics or Christian Watson Politics. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, thank you again for joining us, and it's always our pleasure. Christian Watson, everybody, check him out. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us, okay? A banger segment about Nike. Yeah, we're switching gears to Nike. You won't believe what you didn't hear on the mainstream media. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. Stay it's with time us. to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small, medium, and large businesses to grow online. With JJC Marketing Solutions, you can grow with do-it-yourself, easy website and funnel builder, or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts 
about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Cost of living is skyrocketing and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. It is great to have you with us. Check out thebuffshow.com and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe the videos no matter where you like to watch them. And uh, I tell you what, let's go back to a time a few years ago, which if six years ago I told you this stuff was going to happen, you would call me crazy. But a dad goes out and plays catch with his uh, with his daughter and gets arrested for being outside during a lockdown period for a virus that's similar to the flu and at a 99% recovery rate. Let me talk about two people that got thrown up against a wall in a gas station because they weren't wearing a surgical mask and got taken to jail. Well, they won a case recently against the tyrannical government that did that to them. Let's talk about a forced vaccination policy that cost people their jobs, livelihoods, and careers. Some people went to school for a career. This is all they know how to do and got fired because they didn't want to take a jab. Didn't want to take a jab of a shot that was still in and still is today an experimental vaccine. A football player collapses on the field People falling down left and right that are jabbed. Maybe it's a maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it is. People fired. Or imagine going into a restaurant where you had to show an ID card that says you're vaccinated to come into the restaurant. And this was in the United States and America. Six years ago, you would have thought I was crazy. Three years ago, you saw it happen. And now people are fighting back. And let's go to our special guest on the Matt Buff Show, Leslie Manukian on the Matt Buff Show, president and founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, a nonprofit which, which seeks to rectify health injustice through education, advocacy, and very importantly, legal challenges to unjust mandates, laws, and policy that undermine our health and freedoms and human rights. Some of the most important work in the last three years, Leslie, thank you for joining us on our show. It's my pleasure, Matt. So great to be with you. You have such a great show. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. God bless you. But it's uh, <laughs> people like you that are out there on the front lines that the media hates, the Democratic Party hates, the federal government hates, and they don't want to hear from you. They just want you to fall in line and go off the conveyor belt like the Pink Floyd kids with a mask on and a jab in the arm. And it was just remarkable. Over the last three years, we have seen tier, uh, medical tyranny like we've never seen before. We sure have. Let's not forget, um, we were forced to wear masks, even though we weren't even suspected of being sick. There was no evidence we were sick or contagious to anybody else on airplanes, trains and buses. HFDF, Health Freedom Defense Fund, our uh, nonprofit, actually stopped the federal travel mask mandate. These people, 
they went crazy, I think. I mean, I think they just lost their collective minds. And Nike, um, you know, what, what I'm here to really talk about today was one of the most egregious in many ways. Yes, indeed. I wanted to talk about this, Clay, this case because this was at the United States District Court. Um, it was Nike. Uh, it was Kirking versus Nike. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of what happened with the case, set us up with what happened, how this case even came about. Okay, so um, a whole um, bunch of seasoned Nike veterans literally came to us and said, we are being discriminated against. We're being bullied. We don't know what to do. Can we sue? You know, how do we handle this and everything? And so Health Freedom Defense Fund spoke with all of these individuals and discussed whether or not we, we first advised them um, via our attorneys to file equal employment opportunity commission complaints, because that's the first thing you have to do. But basically what was happening was Nike was discriminating against these people. Nike was bullying them. Nike was denying them religious accommodations. Nike was denying medical accommodations to these people. And these were people who had been with Nike for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. They were seasoned employees, highly respected managers, you know, in leadership roles, and they lost everything. One of them was actually injured by the shot that they forced her to get under threat of termination. And we just, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to support people like this because we want to hold corporate America accountable. We, we don't want anybody, anybody to have to go through this again. And it's outrageous that it ever happened. And we hope that by filing lawsuits like the case against Nike, that we can stop it from happening again. It used to be cool to go against big government, big pharma and everything. <laughs> used to be kind of rock and roll to do that. They made a movie called Aaron Brockovich where the community went together against the big corporation that was causing them to get sick and things like that. The, the vaccine injury you mentioned has happened all over the country, all over the world. And she was forced to do that. And that now their Nike is on the side of big government. Everything Aaron, you know, Aaron Brockovich was a rock star for well, she's the bad guy now in this situation because it's the big corporation and the big government that's coming down on this. So um, who in the case, it sounds like a, um, what do you call it? I, I can't think of the legal term when you get a bunch of people. It's not, it's well, Rico so on can, the other side. It's a class action. This is not class a class action, action yeah, though. Yeah. So we have individual named plaintiffs in the case. So essentially what happened was Nike violated um, people's religious freedoms protected under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VII okay. of the Civil Rights Act, okay? They also violated people's privacy and their medical, um, their medical privacy and their medical conditions, which are protected under all, um, the Civil Rights Act and also the Americans with Disabilities Act. Those two combined um, protect one of the other plaintiffs. So basically they were you know, denying people accommodation, which the Supreme Court has recently says they cannot do. And they forced these people out of their jobs, terminated one while she was on approved medical leave. Um, and like I said, this one woman, I mean, it was it's really heartbreaking. She was the sole breadwinner for her family, uh, small children, and um, they denied her a religious accommodation twice. That is illegal. You are not allowed to deny a religious accommodation unless it's a substantial financial burden to the corporation in terms of its ongoing operations. And this would have cost Nike nothing. All these employees said, <clears throat> we'll work from home, as they had been doing already. We'll work from home. We'll test several times a week. We'll mask. We'll do anything you want. 
this was political. They just denied them and threw them to the wolves, essentially. I mean, it's, it's incredible what happened. This one woman, though, she, at the 11th hour, went and got the shot, and she developed an autoimmune condition after getting the shot. And then that night, Nike said, okay, we'll let you have an accommodation. But it was too late because she was already damaged, and she had to quit Nike. She had to actually stop working for a while. Oh my goodness! Just to get yeah. just to get well, just to get treatment of something they forced her to do. Yeah. And after she got sick, they're oh okay. So can I just, just say, Matt? This is this is something I want to just put out there too. Nike is one of the most woke corporations in the country, right? Nike holds yeah. itself oh, up yeah. as diverse, and you know it's it's focused on equity and inclusivity. It says that we embrace everybody as individuals. Well, apparently, individualism only matters if it doesn't pertain to your health choices. So, you know, Nike is behaving one way in uh, public and another way altogether in private. Yeah, well, the, they have kids making shoes in other countries and that doesn't seem to bother them. Uh, Four-year-olds making Nikes for Callan Kaepernick, who they set up as a jo justice warrior. I mean, you have another suit where you can blame Nike for social unrest in America too, because of the, the stances they made. I mean, that's, a, that's another one too, that you could go after Nike for. It's just quite remarkable. So the case um, goes before a judge. Tell Take us from there. Yeah. So Nike, um, as most corporations do when they get sued, they try to get the case dismissed because it's the fastest way to get rid of this headache. And it's also um, the best way to avoid having to kind of allow your, your um, opponents to peek behind the curtain. So they don't want you to go to depositions. They don't want you to depose their executives. They don't want you to be able to um, go to discovery and get their internal communications, what they were saying to each other about this. And they don't want um, to actually have to litigate it. But we won um, on two of our three claims and they can go forward. So basically they lost two of the three claims that they tried to get dismissed, which means wow. we get to litigate, we get discovery, and we get to depose these people and find out what was really going on. And it's there's no doubt that Nike knew in the summer, in fact, July 27th of 2021, Nike knew because the CDC announced it, that the shots did not stop transmission or infection. So there was zero public health justification for their mandate, but they went forward in the fall of 2021 anyway, and mandated these shots for all the employees who were at the headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon. But you know what? They didn't do that for all their employees. They only applied this to the, those who were on the main campus. They, they granted religious exemptions to people, um, to some people, but not to all. I mean, what they did, they're really, um, I, we really feel very optimistic about our prospects because they were so, um, shall we say, arbitrary and capricious in their application of their own internal rules so like if a muslim uh, a muslim uh, employee right at nike i'm sure you can find this story said i will not take this jab because of my religious exemption i bet they got one probably what happened was <laughs> people i think that what they did was if you were part of a religious um group that did not allow um you know that um opposed all medications then they might grant it if you were, however, Catholic, but it violated your beliefs, even though the Catholic Church said it's not a problem that they're grown in aborted fetal cells and tested on aborted babies, um, then Nike might deny it. So they made, they made their own decisions. They also actually determined, you know, they sort of adjudicated the sincerity of some individuals' religious beliefs. 
And that's not the prerogative of Nike or any other corporation to decide. In fact, the law is very clear. Case law is extremely clear that no person can sit in judgment of your religious beliefs. That's it. You get to say what you believe in and no one can sit there and judge the sincerity of it. And these were people who had, you know, had sincere religious beliefs, but Nike just, let's just say, I don't know, maybe they jumped the shark a little bit on this one. Yes, they did. So where do we go from here? You have a case now that gets to, that gets its day in court, as they say. Where do you go from here and how can people follow what's going on? Yeah. So what happens now is we begin the process of being able to depose their executives. So we will get to ask them under oath what they knew and what they didn't know, what they said and what they didn't say, who made these decisions and why, why they treated these plaintiffs the way that they did. We'll get to actually request their, it's like a Freedom of Information Act request, except that it's for you know the lawsuit. We'll get to ask for their communications, internal communications, to understand exactly what they were saying, who came up with their policies and why. Um, and then ultimately we'll go to litigation um, and we will make, Nike pay damages if that's where we get to a jury and we win. The, the, the importance of this case is sending a shot across the bow of all of corporate America that their employees are not disposable, that their freedoms and their rights are not something that Nike can decide for themselves. That those are unassailable. And because they decided that they were going to overstep and unconstitutionally violate their employees' rights, they're going to be made to pay, and they're going to be made to pay a lot of money for it. And this, we hope, will actually be a, you know, a sort of a cautionary tale to all of corporate America and protect all Americans by pursuing this case. So you can go to healthfreedomdefense.org to follow our work. You can become a member for $10. You can just sign up for our um, newsletter, which we send out a couple times a month. We don't overwhelm people. Um, you can do donate to Health Freedom Defense Fund as an organization, or you can go on our legal cases pages and you can donate to specific litigation from those pages. So you can support the Nike employees pursuing this if you want, specifically going to their lawsuit. We'll put the links all over the uh, all over the buffshow.com. Leslie Manukian, thank you for coming on the show. Can you come back to keep us updated on how the case is flowing? Anytime, Matt. Anytime. Okay, very good. Thank you so much. God bless you. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much for having me. You you got it. Very good stuff. Everybody check it out. We'll put the links on the buffshow.com. We'll see you next time. God bless y'all. Have a great have a great time sorting all this stuff out with us. All right. Stay smart out there.